Anyone want to share what they got in the message yesterday? Uh, today? I'd like to share. Mm-hmm. Um, just read what I wrote down. Um, <laughs> when you walk in office, you give the devil room to play with you, pimp you. And um, every time you know you walk in victory, or think you are, the devil can bring that offense to you as he wills for you to replay it again and again. And, um, this can keep you from being who the Lord wants you to be and do for his glory. And um, <clears throat> I realize, you know, that you never experience, you know, true freedom or peace when you are offended. And um, just looking back at my past when I was walking in it, I remember, you know, um, only thing that would have to happen for, you know, anybody that I was offended at, I didn't have to see them or be, you know, talking to them on the phone, just hear their name mentioned. And I would get back into that zone and replay the whole situation, whatever caused me or whatever I used as an excuse to be offended. You know, and um, one example came to me, I don't know if, if any of y'all in the past ever seen movies where you might have a pimp than a prostitute, and say that, say like for example, the prostitute wants to go on the straight and narrow, so to speak, but that pimp knows that this prostitute has an addiction to cocaine. So no matter how much, you know, she wants to do right, but if she never got, you know, delivered or dealt with that issue, whatever has her deeply rooted and connected to that cocaine, that pimp would bring out the cocaine and say, there you go. You know, I, you know, I hear you saying you want to be free and you want to do other things other than prostitute. But, um, you know, I look at that as, you know, like how the devil would use offense. Yeah, you gave your life to the Lord. You, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But you still work for me, you know, if you're still walking in offense. So I kind of see that, you know, that connection. You know, how to, you know... You will never truly be free, you know, walking in, in, in offense. And the devil, as he as he wills, he can just pull that card at any time. And that's the, you know, crazy advantage, you know, that I see in that. And when you walk in offense, the, the devil is actually, the way I see, he's the master and you the puppet. So, you know, he can just pick you up any time he wants to and just play with you. And, you know, you, you say that, oh, I belong to God, but you actually, you know, not working for for the law when you walk in an offense. And that's what I got, you know, out of that. And just looking back, I realized how foolish I was for walking in it. You know, it's just a, a terrible thing. Very destructive. And, you know, that's what I got out of that. All right, anyone else? was a reminder to renew my mind about offense and stuff. And one of the things was when I take on offense, I'm setting myself up for failure and is giving the devil an advantage. And then also when it was says forgiving the person of Christ and like just being able to see things and situations the way that he sees it and not me being in my own feelings and 
my own emotions, but really taking on the mind of Christ and so um, just everything. And then also, when it said, the enemy is always going to try to bring offense even when you overcome it because that's the advantage that he has. And like it just brought me back to what was said, like just having the mind of Christ so you can um, overcome that. So everybody understands that with offense, that is not geared towards any one person. When a person is walking in offense, anybody and everybody can, you know, be on the receiving end of it. Anybody. It's not, it, it doesn't know, that's a spirit that doesn't know, it doesn't just target just one person or two people or whatever. Anybody... If you're walking in, if you're walking in offense, and that's why we say it like that, when you're walking in offense, any anyone can be the target, and it is designed really to cause people to distance themselves from that individual, because after a while, people get tired of feeling like they have to walk on eggshells around the person that's walking in offense, and which causes the person to get more offended. Because then, you know, it's it's like what the Bible says, as a roaring lion, he walketh around seeking whom he may devour. That And what we explain with that separation, that's people with offense, that's usually their first inclination. I'm going to separate myself from people. I'm going to get off to myself. And, uh, you know, they don't necessarily like being around people. Or they like being around people who are like them which uh, people that gets offended too. And ultimately is what it boiled down to. And so it's a dangerous thing because it's it's designed to... Well, let me just say this. When you walk in offense, you're going to be a sick somebody. Naturally so. You, The devil comes with sickness. That devil comes with sickness. Everybody understand? And pain in your body. You know, just naturally so. And... Uh, Back pain is a is a, a is a, a one main thing. Everybody see, and not saying that everybody have that have back pain is walking in offense, but that's one way that it shows up is in back pain and you know. And let me just also say this: what what is the actual sin of offense? Huh? No, 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 no. Before that, what is the sin of it now? Offense isn't the sin. Unforgiveness. So when a person's walking in offense, those are siblings. Everybody understand? It's for you to be offended, you first have to be a person that don't forgive easy. You you have to hold on. You have to be an unforgiving person uh, to be offended to begin with. Everybody understand? And uh, especially to hold on to it. And that's the sin of it, unforgiveness. And of course, we know what the Bible says about unforgiveness, that uh, your Heavenly Father won't forgive you when you can't forgive others. That's a dangerous game to play. It's a dangerous thing to hold on to because um, nothing good comes from it. There's not anything in heaven that rewards unforgiveness or offense. Not not one thing. Everybody understand? There's, there's not one reward from heaven 
from offense because it is a it is a demonic trait. Everybody understand? Um, yeah, it's a demonic trait. You can even have hatred. You can hate sin. You can hate things that that are an abomination to God, but you can't have offense at all. Everybody understand? Like even offense at sin, you can't even be offended at people. If that everybody understand, because either way, it's 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 from the depths of hell and uh, it stagnates people. If you want to stay two years old, just get offended. You're gonna be two. Offense make people act like children. Everybody understand? It makes you childish, and you get petty. What what the world calls petty. That's what offense does. It makes you petty. You do me something, I'm going to do you something. That's petty. That's childish. That's the way, just like, it's like fighting. It, I don't know if any of you ever thought about how silly fighting is. You know, when I was growing up, I fought all the time. And then, um, even before I gave my life to the Lord, I started thinking about what was going on there. Like, uh, so what makes a person ball up their fists? And strike another person. What are you solving? Are y'all having a conversation while you're fighting? Like, how is that? What is that resolving anything besides you or the other person or both of y'all getting hurt? Like, it don't. That's that's to me. That's that's a child type of thing. We're gonna resolve this by fighting, but we're not gonna resolve it because we're gonna still be mad at each other, you know. And so that to me, that's that's how offense is spiritually. So, is is it makes people act petty. It makes them childish. They act, you know, they do little silly stuff when they're walking in offense. And uh, that's not God's will. God wants us to uh, grow up out of that, you know. And, uh, yeah, he wants us to grow up out of that. All right, anyone else want to share? So if if you listen to the message, let me ask this question. Why y'all are fighting over who's gonna go next? <laughs> if you if you listen to the message, what was the cause of Naaman getting offended? What was the root cause of it? Expectation. Expectation, but what I mean, so even beyond that, what was the root cause? Now the funny thing is because I was praying and I was asking the Lord. Which one of those offense messages should we listen to? Uh, because it was four of them that I did in a row for that for the daily word devotion, and um, and so my wife and I we were listening to it earlier, and before I got to that part, I said, "You know what the Lord just revealed to me," and I told her what it was, and then sure enough, later on, that's what was said, but I don't remember saying it, so that was my confirmation that okay, so this is what we're supposed to listen to, but what was Naaman's root cause? Huh? No, uh-uh. Huh? What about it? That people look down on him. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it was. He was a leper. 
Now, you remember what we talked about, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Somebody talk about your nappy hair. But you can get up, you can out-sing everybody in the school. Everybody understand? So now we see what Naaman's driving force was. He was a leper. Nose falling off, fingers falling off, whatever was falling off of him. But he could win wars. He could win wars. Everybody see that? So you see how? But so... Um, his leprosy was his sore spot. In other words, his past. No matter how great of a general he was and how much of a reputation he had for being a warrior, he still had fingers falling off. He still had appendages falling off. Everybody understand? Like, And that was something that could be seen. It wasn't that he could hide it. That was something that could be seen in him. Everybody see? And so what that shows us is leprosy was his sore spot. That was his sore. Now you have to, if if you want to overcome offense, ask the Lord, what is my sore spot? Because the devil gonna dig at it. Everybody understand? And you have to ask the Lord to, if you don't know already, ask the Lord, what is your sore spot? What is it? With some people, it's their children, and really, what it boils down to is is their childhood. Everybody understand? So. If, say for instance, if, if your children are your sore spot, everybody understand what I mean when I say that? Okay, so if your children is your sore spot, then that has to do with your childhood. Everybody understand? Like if you real particular about your child, you know, don't, don't you pick on him, don't you do this, don't you do that? that that's, not, that's not something that your child know. That's something that you put on him because of your sore spot. Everybody understand? And people will do that, that you know. And so that's, that's something for us to think about. If we can find what our sore spot is. And the devil, when we first get here, he works on that very, um, he works on that very heavily um, uh, to give us a sore spot to begin with. And it usually uh, begins with our sin or our parents' sin or something like that. So that's something for us to think about, uh, those sore spots. So if you remember what Naaman said when... Um, if you remember what Naaman said when he came to Elisha, I thought for sure he would come up and do what? Lay hands. <clears throat> he wanted to be touched. People, you know, leprosy was uh, contagious. Yeah, it still is today. You know, there's still lepers walking around today. It's still contagious. But he wanted Elisha to come lay hands on that. In other words, prove to me that you care about me. I want you to tiptoe around me. I want you to do what other folks won't do. Come touch this sore spot. In other words, come touch me to prove to me that you care about me, that you like me. But Elisha didn't go for that. Elisha didn't even come to the door. Elisha didn't even see the man. And as far as we know, Elisha probably never saw him. Except in the next chapter when Elisha led that army away blind and he still didn't see him. Everybody understand? And so there it was. He sent his servant out there to tell him, go dip in the River Jordan. Everybody see that? Now you think about Elisha. He was known for laying on top of people to heal them. You know, all kind of little stuff like that. And then, then here comes this leper, and Elisha won't even see him. So how you think Naaman took it? Yeah, you just like everybody else. You just like everybody else. You, you don't care about me. You know, 
He see even now the challenge of offense. And so, uh, but that, of course, like what was said in the message, that had nothing to do with it, you know. And uh, those prophets were just like what the Lord was when he walked this earth. That that I see my father do, I do also. In other words, he must have had a vision that that's how the man was supposed to be healed. And he didn't feel like he needed to discuss that with him. Just go do what I'm telling you to do. Go dip in the River Jordan seven times, you see. So that's what offense does is it, of course, it has its own mind about how things are going to go. And when it don't go that way. You know, and if you pay attention, you see how he had this whole list of things that he thought Elisha was going to do. Come to meet me. Lay hands on me. Basically make a big, big deal out of my healing. And that's usually how offense operates uh, when there's a sore spot present. They want to make a big deal. Especially if I'm known for being a whoremonger out in the world and I get saved, what I want to do. I want to get married, and I want to get on Instagram, and I want to show my ring finger. That sore spot. Everybody understand? That's how offense... Now, the Lord gets to the root of things. He knows why people want to show off. He knows why, you know. And so, why? Because people tend to think people want to be rescued from their sore spot. But that's the offense to begin with. Everybody see and so, of course, that leads to other problems. If you, if you had a reputation out in the world and you thought your marriage was going to fix it, did it fix it? No, you got married and you still had problems because you were the problem to begin with. Everybody understand? And so that's the way offense is. It want to put on the show. It want to make sure everybody knows that I'm redeemed from this sore spot of mine. Everybody see? That was Hannah's problem, Samuel's mother. She went years without having a baby, and then her her uh, husband's uh, other wife was having babies left and right. You know, and she she couldn't stand it. She could not stand it. You know, and so uh, the Lord withheld that baby from her. You know, yeah, He withheld that baby, Samuel, from her until her mindset changed. I will. And now, what would have happened if God would have gave her Samuel uh, before her mind had changed? Somebody tell me. Huh? She'd have made a God out of him. It'd have been, and, and, and she'd have had little Samuel and wouldn't have wanted anymore. This is all I need. I'm going to take him all over the place. We're going to go on vacation. We're going to be taking selfies together. We're going to be doing all kind of stuff because... I finally got what I wanted. Everybody understand? Wouldn't have, wouldn't have wanted any other children. That that's that one is all I need. This proves that I'm a female, that I'm a woman. You see, and that I'm whole in my body parts. And so, um, it wasn't until she decided, you know, you know what? I give him back to you, Lord. So you see what happened? She breastfed him, and she didn't breastfeed him for five years. You see, she breastfed him when she weaned him off of her. She took him right on down to the temple to, to stay with, with um, Eli. Everybody see. So as far as anybody knows, she didn't have any babies. When she got to the point where she didn't want to show off with God's blessing, then God could bless her. See, and so, uh, But offense is the cause of that. Everybody understand how offense operates. All right, anyone else want to share? Mm-hmm. 
designed to keep us from it's designed to keep us from like being victorious and walking in the victory and I guess from having faith in the in the Lord. And also when you were talking about um that walking around with offense means this is how I wrote, walking around with offense means I'm automatically not wearing the full armor of God. I injure myself and put myself at a disadvantage with Satan, and Satan will win with that advantage. So I remember you talking about how it's that's the having offense is the same as like if you have, I think you said a basketball team is five on five, but then you injure three of your players and now it's two on three, and so it's like you put yourself in a position for the enemy to win because you you purposely put yourself at that disadvantage. And when you were talking about um, walking around without wearing the full armor of God, like I imagined walking around and having almost every part of your body protected and covered except one spot and leaving it vulnerable purposely like for the enemy to just come and poke you or stab you in that spot over and over again because it's uncovered. Um, so that helped me with that. And also when you were talking about that offense that's being held onto will catch up with me and the enemy will have a trap to set me up. That I was able to see because I know like for me, uh, I might be bothered by something or get offended by something. Just how I'll be bothered by something, but I wouldn't say anything. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna brush it under the rug and leave it alone. But then after so much it builds up. And I've been in situations where it just blew up or I responded in a way because I was offended, but the person may not have known I was offended at them. And so I could see how that was a trap and how it caught up with me from not dealing with it from jump. So that really helped me. I think I was telling Mama the other day, like, I would just much rather not get offended and not have to deal with that period than to deal with the the build up and the blow up later on. You know, when I was out in the world, um, I walked around with, I was one of those people that walked around with a chip on my shoulder. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about offense is it likes to be fueled. And uh, especially when I was stationed in California before I gave my life to the Lord, I can just remember walking around and uh, I would listen to music to fuel that offense. Everybody understands? Like, I would... I would listen to music to to fuel it and uh yeah it makes you it makes you do ugly things you know it makes you do ugly things and uh, to me i just find it it's best not to to me to be healed of offense you have to go back to where the sore happened to begin with everybody understand yeah don't take that out on everybody else you know, offense caused you to make enemies that you don't have. You go back to that, what that sore, what caused the sore to begin with. And really, to me, what it boiled down to is unforgiveness somewhere. When you have unforgiveness, it, there's the sore on your, on your hand. And every time you in the store and somebody rub against that sore, it's like they're picking the scab open all over again and you're starting all over. Everybody understand? And so to me, that you have to go back to that sore. Now, I'm not talking about going and confronting the person that, that dug the sore in on the inside of you. I'm talking about identifying what was the cause of the sore and getting rid of it. And, what, and the way you get rid of it is forgiving. Everybody understand? So the other person, the other individual, whoever it was that caused the hurt, 
they're not the cause of the offense. You're you're uh, holding on to it and not forgiving whatever brought that on to begin with is the cause of it. Everybody understand? Somewhere, when people have an issue with with offense and they can walk uh, uh, walk in offense, somewhere down the line they didn't forgive somebody. That's 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 guaranteed. Everybody understand? That's that's guaranteed. The devil can't give you offense if uh, and he can't dangle offense in front of you if he don't first get you to be able to not forgive people. You know, you have to have that ability not to forgive to walk. And I'm I'm especially talking to you sisters, because somewhere in y'all's trait, y'all y'all can hold on to stuff. That's the devil. Everybody, that's where your wrong is. Somewhere down on the inside of you, you're able to hold on to stuff where a man can just get over it, you know. And I, I'm going to tell you, that's not the style. God didn't put that on the inside of you to be able to hold on to stuff. Hold on to him if you want to hold on to something. Everybody see? Hold on to that word that says you're not going to heaven with, with unforgiveness. Everybody understand? But you, you, that's something that you have to practice. Does everybody understand? It's, like, it's not natural, I guess is what I'm saying. It's not even natural to be, to want to walk in offense. It's like you you have to you have to walk around purposely wanting a fight and looking for a fight. And and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna share something else with you. If you're not careful, uh, offense will cause you to take on a lying spirit. Because after you're all done letting everybody know you're not the one to mess with, and so nobody want to mess with you. Now you have to look for reasons to be offended. Because offense is one devil that's got to be fed. Everybody understand? And then you have to do like what some of these brothers do and go hunting. Yeah, you got to go hunt for something to be offended at. And a lot of times, it that's where the lion spirit come in at. I'm a, it, it really went down like this, but I'm going to tell it like that. And I'm going to tell this life for so long until I'm going to start believing it. Everybody understand? Offense give you the ability to believe your own lies. Yeah, it, it'll give you that ability. It, you, you'll create on your own world with it. You see? And, uh... <laughs> yeah, offense is a devil. Alright, anyone else want to share? practice and practice and practice me and my two brothers and I noticed they were excelling and I wasn't and over time I just started to feel like man like I just I don't know I just I don't like this sport but he would just keep trying me and try to practice me and at some point um I think when I got out of middle school I just thought you know I'm not I'm not doing basketball because that's just not my thing and so I picked up track and I was out to basically prove and get validation from my dad. And at some point I noticed I got, um, I had, well, I, uh, now I see that I had 
um, unforgiveness towards him because as I got good in track, I started to feel like, okay, well, why is he praising me or giving me validation because I'm good in this sport and, and now basketball. And, and I would play it in my mind a lot. And so when I got to college, well, when I found out I got a full scholarship and he didn't come to my uh, district meet um, for high school, I, I got upset and I felt like let down or whatever. And now looking back, I see how now today I find myself feeling the urge to prove to my husband that I'm a good wife or that um, I made up my mind to live for the Lord. Um, and I see how um, I brought that offense in the marriage. And so there were times he would be like calling me out and, and I'd be like, but I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And after a while, I started to notice I, I shouldn't even be trying to prove anything to him. I should just walk my faith walk and just, you know, let my actions show it instead of trying to prove or lie or my way, you know, to, to make him think, okay, like, I am a good wife. And I see how that played into today. And that's the offense, I guess. That was brought to my, that came to my mind when we were just uh, discussing the message. So let me ask you something. Now. Well, let me just say this: Why do you think the Lord is gonna have His hand out, buffing against you, by you trying to prove to your husband that you're a good wife? And I, what I'm saying is, do you know that it's the Lord that'll stop you from being a good wife when you're trying to prove that you are? Well, let me just let me just share with you why, because the Bible says, "Let all things be done without strife or vainglory." Everybody understand? Without strife or vainglory, and if the Lord love you, He's not gonna let you achieve even what His Word says if you're striving. Is everybody understand? Yeah, if you if you're striving, you know that that's a lesson we can learn from even. Uh, that's a lesson we can learn from Saul. You know why Saul wanted to kill David? Because he didn't have the heart to kill Goliath. He should have just let that sleeping giant lie. Everybody understand? So he, he spent 15 years chasing David down to kill him, all because he couldn't forgive himself for not stepping up to the plate to kill Goliath. And that's what people do. And they, they fell in one area, and then they, they spend the next few years trying to overachieve in another area. And uh, ultimately, it's, it's, it can be the death of them. So that's something to think about. We have to make sure uh, that our motives are right, even for, with, when it comes to living for the Lord. Just live for them because you love them. Mm -hmm. Everybody understand? Not because you, you got a, a point to prove. Because especially when you realize it's him that live on the inside of us to begin with. You see, you know that you know that was uh, Peter's downfall when he stepped out of that boat to walk on water. The devil proved him wrong. You walking to show off, and I'm gonna prove it. The, the Lord see the same wind you see, but he ain't sinking. Everybody understand? Cause he just trying to get to the boat. And you stepping out to show off. Everybody understand? And so. <laughs>
<laughs> Everybody understand? You see what the Lord asked him when he got up to him, why did you doubt? Oh, you have a little faith. Why did you doubt? He didn't come back with a little, you know, at least I got out of the boat. No, at least you got out for the wrong reason. And the devil proved it. Everybody understand? Yeah. He didn't have to get out, huh? Huh? I said he didn't need No, he didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to, the Lord didn't call him. The mm -hmm. Lord was walking to the boat. He didn't need a help. You know, he didn't start sinking and then ask Peter to come out and get him. Mm -hmm. Peter asked, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come to you. And the Lord said, okay, come on. There's going to be a lesson in it. You don't know what's about to happen, but I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's something to think about. All right, anyone else well, want to share what they got out of the message? So let me ask you something, Sister Pujo. Could you see how you were striving in what you just said concerning you wanting to be a good wife? Yes. So who are you striving with? Sometimes other wives or you would come in and confess. It started with your daddy. Yeah, you were striving with him. Now let me just share a secret. How many of y'all thought y'all were good at playing basketball, you women? Yeah, keep your hands down. Not one woman that can play basketball well. You might be able to play with other females. But it ain't one professional basketball woman player that can beat a, a high school starting player. Everybody understand? <laughs> Yeah, she have to get a long run and start to even dunk the ball if she can. And uh, this is what I'm saying. Sometimes that's what the devil get us. You trying to be something that you're not called to be. You're trying to do something. Everybody understand? It wasn't meant for you to play basketball. Really wasn't meant for you to run track. And sure enough, it ain't meant for women to be throwing a, a baseball. Everybody understand? Yeah, your your body makeup is not meant for all of that. It ain't meant for you to be out there bumping and all that stuff what men do when they're out there playing. And so that's what the devil gets us sometimes is we want to compete in something that we want validation in something that we're not called to do. And the whole time is God's blessing and his his everybody understand. Yeah. And so then when it's time to actually excel in something that the Lord have called us to do, we can't because we still battling in our minds about something that we weren't supposed to do in the first place. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the marker that make people, uh, when they get out of one bad relationship, they want to go right into another one. They got something to prove. Everybody understand? They you you think about how sometimes we've made fool of our, out of ourselves in the past with that. We get a little boyfriend, a little girlfriend, and we tell the whole world how good they are. This is the one for me. I've been praying, and this is the one for me. And then that don't go over well. We break up. And then what can we do after that? We try to validate ourselves. We have to prove that we weren't the problem in a relationship. So then we get into right into another relationship, except we were the problem. And then we bring those same problems. And what we do then is we put the expect we put higher expectations on this person because you're not gonna make me look like a fool. Everybody understand? Yeah. All right. Anyone else want to share?
few, couple, a lot of things that stuck out to me. There was a lot of things that stuck out to me. And, um, of course, the first thing was when you're walking in offense, around an offense, you put Satan over you. You put uh, Satan at an advantage over you, and you put yourself at a disadvantage. And, um, another thing was, um, forgiveness requires you overlooking past offenses that you have. And a lot of people, um, a lot of the times people can't forgive because of, they can't get over, uh, over an offense. And when you're like that, you don't know how to restore because of your offense. You don't know how to restore people. And um, where the love of God is, it's impossible to walk in offense. And that just showed me that if you're the person that gets offense, then the love of God is not in you. Because if the love of God is in you, it's impossible to be offended. And um, also about forgiveness, um, it's not based on our feelings or being able to get over it. And um, like how we feel or different things like that is um, we have to look at things in the mindset of Christ and forgiving the person of Christ and um, that taught me something because that's kind of that's well that is how I was facing forgiveness like of how I felt about it because I always felt like if something still hurt me or something still if it bothered me then um, like I would be going off of that, so I would be, I would be waiting for those feelings to pass to be able to say, okay, I forgive that person. Because if I say I forgive you, then I'm just lying. So um, basically, like I'm just gonna see how this. I'll just see how it goes. Just, but just for now, I'm gonna just keep you at a distance. And that's that was my mindset. And um, when we walk around with offense, Satan. When you walk around with office, automatically you're not walking with the whole armor of God. You're not you're not suited up or ready for war, and you are injuring yourself when you walk around with offense. And um, Satan will win when you have offense. And a lot of the times, what wears believers out is trying to fight Satan with offense in their heart toward people, and that's not going to work. Like Satan will, he's going to win every single time, and. Um, that made a lot of sense to me about Satan wearing you out because I would always think like if I see in this area I'm getting help in this area, this area, this area and it just seemed like something always comes around and it's mostly it, mostly I noticed it was all, it dealt with offense where it was like I would it just seemed like the devil had always had a foothold in that area and um Oh yeah, another thing was, and then so when the when you basically when you're getting getting the Lord is bringing out offense, you're dealing with offense in your life, and once Satan sees that the Lord is working on you, you to let go of that offense, then the game switches. Now he has to put offense back, and that's one of the reasons why people go through cycles. So I was um, thinking about that, like. Okay, that makes so much sense. Like, if offense is in you, then <coughs> office, and, office 
gonna come back. So he's gonna come back and he's gonna he may switch the game up and change change the out um, the out thing of whatever he's doing in the spiritual realm and you're gonna constantly fall. And um what I the warning that I had received was all things is designed to keep you from receiving what it is that God has for you. And um, it's designed to keep you from being victorious and walking by faith and living by faith. And I was just thinking about like how that, how, like just hearing that, just, it was just like, okay, so I really see how the Satan uses offense as an advantage. Like just how much um, offense impacts and affects your life. Like it's like, it basically there's a bigger there's something a bigger picture down the road and when you have that offense you not you're not going to be able to receive what it is that God has for you and that's spiritually so as well as physically so and I was just thinking like when I heard that I'm like I don't want to do that and miss out on whatever it is that the Lord has for me and what he wants to do in my life and the things that you know are supposed to happen in my life spiritually so I don't want to have God's hand against me any longer dealing with um the, dealing with offense and um, another thing was Naaman got offended because he expected expected something to go a certain way and that caused him to go away in a rage and the worst thing you can do is having your mind is mind how something is going to go. You set yourself up to be offended when you do that. Offense was already on the inside of Naaman. He had to deal with people not wanting to touch him. So the enemy had playroom to bring things to Naaman's mind when Elisha didn't come out to touch him. And that caused basically offense, for him to find offense. He was able to get offended because he was finding problems where there was no problem. And... Um, what I got from that was with, with, with when it comes to myself, like a lot of the times I would, when I, because I was walking in offense, it was easier for me to be deceived and the enemy to play on my mind and create this whole false reality of something going on that was never going on in the first place, but it, it was easier for me to take on that because of the offense that I already had and the person may not have been thinking about that and um, I've seen that play out numerous times in my life where I um, took something the wrong way or just my thought pattern went overboard with it or um, different things like that and thinking people you know felt a certain way when they weren't they weren't or anything like that it's easier because of your own past experiences, you basically, um, you base your own past, you base those things off of your own past experiences and those things that you could not get over or forgive. So you're walking around in that already, so it's easier for you to be basing what everybody else is doing off of what you got going on in your own personal mind. And... Um, I've definitely seen that, I see that play out in my life a lot, and I realize that there are still things in my past that I'm not healed from and that I did not, um, 
get over and that causes me to act out off of those past experiences. Alright. Oh, are you done? Oh, yes. Okay. So everybody heard what she said. Uh, she made the mistake of thinking that if she was still hurting, then she was still walking in unforgiveness. And I think that's one of the downfalls of uh, women uh, with offense. Forgiveness is not a feeling. You forgive by faith, and, that, and that's how you get healed. But it don't come the other way around where time passes, time passes, time passes, and and when you think you're over it, then now I can forgive you. Because the devil will prove you wrong. Something can be 20 years old, and if somebody come and rub that sore spot, it's going to be sore still. Because you, you forgiveness is a something of faith. You can forgive somebody and still be hurting about it. Everybody understand? But... Forgiveness is what speeds up the healing process, you see. And so, uh, it's just, so that's something for us to think about. Right? And then, you know, we'll just take it a step beyond that. There are some things that you don't have to forgive. There's just some stuff that that's just you. So you don't have to walk around taking on this mindset, okay, I forgive you, I forgive you, and you did not something, I forgive you. Everybody understand? Well, now you're God, see? <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes, it, it's nothing to be forgiven of. It's just your pet peeve, and you just, you know, you were really just having a bad day. You see? And, uh, but yeah, everything, when you're talking about forgiveness, and somebody have asked me that before, it has to it has to be something in the Bible against God's word. Everybody understand? Other than that, it's just your pet peeve. Everybody understand? Yeah, it's it's just your pet peeve, and so your pet peeve it just requires you to get over it and know what your pet peeves are if you got them, and don't let the devil trip you up with that. See, but uh, but yeah, get over those pet peeves because that offense is is. It grows in that. Everybody see? Yeah. So, um, anyone else want to share? Is there such thing as a good pet peeve? Loving people. Not wanting to see people get mistreated. But at the same time, making sure that it's coming from the right place. Because it can be from a place of, well, I was mistreated. I don't, you know, folks, it's got parents now, act a fool with what they think are bullies because they were bullied, not because, just because, it's because they were bullied. And so they'll, they'll, they'll fight bus drivers and little children. <laughs> because that's their pet peeve. That They haven't gotten over the hurt. Everybody understand? And what happens is, if your parents aren't careful, you'll give your children that your sore spot. Everybody understand? Yeah, they'll, they'll take that on. They'll take on that victim's mentality. And they'll want to go tell on to everybody. You know. Yeah, they'll, they'll want to tell on everybody. Because they were, they were, you know, they, that's their sore spot. And so that's another thing to look out for with offense. Make sure you ain't walking in somebody else's offense. 
Because uh, the devil, grandf he grandfathers those people in. Everybody understand? Yeah, he a grandfather you in now. Your, your mama done had all kind of men trouble and she done fed you with it. And now you ain't never had a man, but you, you got him. You got man trouble. Everybody understand? Yeah, ain't never had a man, but you can't stand him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I read somewhere in, in somebody's website to say some of you, some of you women got all kind of relationships and ain't uh, relationship problems and ain't never been in a relationship. <laughs> you got relationship problems. Yeah. That's that's you know, and not only that, it it don't even necessarily have to be. The mama or daddy passing on the uh, offense as far as talking, but just the child sitting back and observing what the parents have gone through, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that may look like, you know. Like, you know, don't, uh, you, have, you have to make sure that the devil, you, you, when he comes for you, make sure, he, make sure it's, he's bringing something. You know, make them come for you for real. Don't, don't take on somebody else's offense. Cause I'm telling you, that's a people can do that. Yeah, people can do that. All right. Anyone else got anything they want to share about the message? What they got out of the message? <clears throat> Joke almost where me and my brother would laugh about it. 
But he won't. He would take us out to. He would always say, uh, you know, um, he would take us out to eat and stuff. Like, you don't eat like this at home, huh? You don't eat like this. And he would say stuff like that. You don't eat like this at home, huh? You better enjoy this food right now because you ain't gonna get like this. Mama's gonna cook for you. Uh, and uh, he would say, uh, how are you guys enjoying your room or something like that? The prison, because so, it was just four white walls. I hated my room. I hated my room so bad. I, I felt like I was a prisoner and I was gonna be like my uncle. 40-something years old, still living with his mom, and they're never doing anything in life. But I was so offended at my dad for uh, for saying these things because I felt like it was all his fault. You know, he he would, uh, I don't think my dad ever really taught me anything. Like, probably like one or two percent, he taught me how to drive. It was mostly my mom and, and uh, my wife. And I felt like, well, the reason why I don't have a driver's license is because you don't teach me how to drive. Or the reason why I don't have the reason why I don't have a a job is because uh, I just I blamed everything on him. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know that I know how to do me being offended at my dad. Like because because I was offended at for whatever reason at him, you know. Uh, I uh, I can't I, I remember when we were talking, but I can't remember now. But I just remember I remember like Lord brings my mind that. Of those conversations he would have when he was about to drop us off or you know back at our house so, ah, back, back to the back to your prison or something like that or you know back uh, I just felt like it was all his fault so when I would quit jobs I, I when I would quit jobs over and over or you know the reason why I, was, I couldn't get my life you know, I'm, I'm not retarded but uh, I just it was just all blaming on him you know you don't help me you don't understand all the things like that. It had to do with me being offended at him. So, uh, so after I, after I started my life with the Lord, and uh, maybe like two or three months or something like that, can't remember exactly. But uh, uh, the Lord told me to call me to preach, and so I, I was so happy and so and so overwhelmed with joy because. Like now I have a job. I remember so very clearly in my mind. I said, that's I said, that's where I really said, now I have a job. I was like, man, so glad the Lord gave me a job. Because I think at that time still I wasn't working. I think I was just still so like uh, excited with me getting my life to Lord and all that stuff that was happening. I, didn't, I just forgot about working and you know, all that stuff, applying for jobs and things. So I was so, I was like, yeah, I have a job now. And uh, I. It was maybe last week. I was thinking about writing my dad a letter, and I was thinking about writing my dad a letter and stuff like that, and talking to him. But then uh, th these thoughts started to go in my mind, and I know it came from myself now, because I, I was thinking, why are these thoughts coming to me at the time? But I was thinking about somehow the it came from me talking to my dad and writing a letter to totally now now somehow I can't I don't know how, but I was like. But now I was thinking in my mind, writing down, you know, Dad, you know, I, I've been preaching since, uh, since, this, since, I was, since I was this age, and I preached my first message to, to a congregation at this time, and I was thinking, why, 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 why are these thoughts coming to me? But now I know that it's because I was striving with my dad, and so the over the whole thing of, uh, you know, pretty much that's how I was, like Peter, the over-excelling in the area because I'm really striving with my dad. You know, and, and because I'm, I was offended at him and things like that, like trying to trying to prove to him, you know, that I'm not a nobody and you know, I'm not gonna live a sorry life and 
what, all the things, whatever, whatever it is that he might have said about you know me me growing up be like my uncle Ruben. That, man, he was, that was a joke too, and uh, just things like that. So now, so now I I felt like the Lord was opening my eyes to see. Well, that's where the striving with the person you know that's in your life now. You know, when when, when uh, I I see that it really had to do with the, the striving. You know, really with my dad. And so it all, as the Lord is bringing me all these things, then I started thinking about my wife. Because uh, you're talking about pain in the knees, or pain in the body, often kind of stuff. Um, you know, a lot, like last month, I think it was, we were watching, a, a, it was a prophecy of this guy who was giving a prophecy to this man. And uh, the prophecy was, he had terrible knee pain. He had some, I think he had some kind of arthritis or some so terrible knee pain in his knee. And the guy said, the, 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 basically the Lord was telling this guy, who's a man of God, that the reason why you have these knee pains is because you, you're not, you, you're not honoring your mother. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about my wife, like she has terrible knee pain, where she feels bone on bone. All she, I mean... It's so bad that it keeps her up at night. And sometimes she'll cry and all that stuff. But I know it's because of the offense. And she knows that too. But uh, I was thinking, well, if she... I believe that she's dealing with the same thing that I was dealing with. But it's for a woman. I think she was offended at her mother for some, for whatever reason. I, I don't know really what, like as deep as I do with my, with my dad. But I believe that's why it keeps her from having a relationship that she needs to have with the woman in her life now. And, and, and so I, I really feel like, because I was going to ask you the question, I don't believe that I'm offended at my dad still, but I believe that the Lord told me that, that this is still affecting my life, and I felt like the hurt of the conversations that my dad would say, you know, go back to your prison, or you're not, or you're not going to get to prison, or whatever things like that. I feel like it, it, it resurfaced, and I could feel like the Lord is showing me that the hurt's still there, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you were. Sister Pharrell uh, was saying about, um, I can't remember what she was saying, but she was saying something about hurt and, and the offense, like, and you were talking about the hurt and the stuff like that. So I was, you know, I believe that's what, this is what the Lord showed me. I don't know, I don't believe that I have offense for my dad anymore, but I want to know, like, you know, what, what, where do I go from here? Because I feel like this is what the Lord has really shown me, and uh, and I really see how, how it's caused me to, to, to uh, to, to strike, like, to have strike, you know, but really, it really has to do with my dad and, and me being offended at him in the past, but I feel like I already let that go in that beginning, but, but I feel like I, I, I did not remember that, I did not remember these conversations that my dad would tell me until, like, we're talking about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the way you go from here is you ask the Lord to reveal to you what else was planted there, because to, to actually... Uh, to be able to get over something, you have to remember what it was. And that's the genius of the devil. He'll get you offended and get you hurt about something, but years pass and you don't remember. All, but, you're just, but you're still angry. You still, everybody understand. It still affects you, even though, and what happens is you'll just think that that's just who you are. You'll be praying and asking the Lord, well, Lord, why do I get upset with this? Or why am I this way? Or why am I that way? And the whole time, it's just from something years ago. And if you don't go back to where it started at, and the Lord don't reveal those things about, you know, where it started, then there's no way to get over it. You think about something. The Lord, uh, 
the law to tell you forgive, forgive, forgive. The only thing you know is that you have the uh, fruit of unforgiveness, which can be angry, anger, and offense, or whatever. But you have to seek the Lord, and I'm talking to all of us. You have to seek the Lord and ask the Lord to to bring it to your remembrance. Don't ask Him to jog your memory. Tell Him to bring it to your remembrance about where it started, what things were said, what you everybody understand, and uh, um. Once he, and he'll do it. He'll do it, especially when we're sincere and we've really been praying and things like that. He'll do it. You know, he'll bring those things up, and then it's up to us to to release those things. But you know, if we if we and here's the thing, he does it in in a sequence. So like some things have already come to you about you know what what your dad would say and and how that bothered you. Once you release that, he'll bring something else if there is something else. Everybody understand, and so that's that's uh that's where you go from here. Just continue to ask the Lord to reveal to you uh, what else may have been there. You see, yeah. And that's why you 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 all have heard me say before, if 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 um, a young man or a man have an issue with their father, I know they're gonna have an issue with me. That's automatic. That's that's automatic. Everybody understand? At some point, I'm gonna say something to get on your nerves, you know. And I know it ain't because I ain't. I'm, you know, I'm wrong about something if that make any sense concerning our relationships. And just like what Brother Garcia was saying, same thing with his wife. You know, it, it if you have an issue with your mother, it'll keep you from being able to receive from an aged woman. Everybody understand? You you'll constantly be trying to figure things out and bump your head about things. You see. And so, uh, that's something for us to think about. All right. Anyone else want to share? Yeah, I want to share. Mm -hmm. I was just over here, um, like, listening to the conversation. And, um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy today, that, that old feeling I used to get when I was a child about my mom came up, um, on my way home, um, how when I called her and I asked where she was at, she told me where she was at, and I'm like, um, the old feelings of not liking to see my mom go from relationship to relationship. Like, I, I didn't like seeing her as a child, so that was one reason why I was, I was so adamant about moving out, because I was tired of seeing different relationships that, that bothered me. And so I, I know it, it still bothers me to, to, to this day because it came up, that feeling came up again today where, you know, she was telling me that where she was at and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get off the phone with you. I'm going to talk with you later. And I see how that carried on into um, my marriage. Like when I um, started to see that in my wife, um, like we would go through things and then offended at one another and those feelings would come back up so I was over there asking like you know why did I go through that whole thing of filing for divorce with my wife and I was doing the same exact thing that she was doing like why did I file for a divorce and it's because I was offended and 
that offense came from my past with my mom, and I brought it into the marriage. And it's just something about me just was like high minded, and I just looked looked down on women jumping from relationship to relationship. But men, I thought it was okay. Okay, men can do it. It was just something that women ain't supposed to do. And I don't know if I, I I don't know where where like pretty much where to where to go or um, so my question is how, how with, with dealing with my mom because I um, pretty much know that she's gonna do what she want to do and there's nothing I can do stop that. Um, how do I heal from that? Well, I think you just had to basically forgive her for the tone that she set and just realize that if she's not living for the Lord, then she's just doing what people do that's not living for the Lord. That's just, you understand what I mean? Like, uh, that's just to me, what happens is the Lord might try to reel somebody in at an early age to stop them from making the mistakes they're going to make. And if they don't answer that, then they, they'll, they'll make one wrong move and it will affect them for the rest of their life. Your mama's wrong move was divorcing your daddy after that it's just like I've, I've, I've shared that with another sister who sat in my sanctuary and said you know basically I, I'm gonna pray about it when she asked if the man who was sitting on side of her was supposed to be her husband I said sister you grown I can't stop you from divorcing him but you'll never be settled you'll never and to this day she's not settled she divorced him and she's not settled she really still in love with her husband but every other man gonna pay for it Everybody understand? And so that's what happens is that one wrong move, it just sets somebody off course and they'll, they'll, they'll spend the rest of their life making bad decisions, especially in that area. You know, I, I don't know if you all, uh, you remember we watched that uh, video with T.B. Joshua uh, uh, probably at the beginning of the year. It was a woman who he was putting back on the level she was supposed to be on. She was a banker. And... He said what was supposed to take a year, he, he said it'll take years now because you're not willing to go through. In other words, she was just supposed to go through a little bit of something, a little test, and, a, and just a little something. But what happens is people don't want to go through it, and so they they scrambling, trying to make up for this test that they're going through, and they're trying to ease whatever pain that they're having to experience. But they don't know that they extended. He said, and that's what he told her. Well, it's supposed to be a year would be 20 years before you come back around, you see. And that's what happens to people. They they make that one mistake. And, that, and I'm telling that's all it takes. You know, the same way it takes one decision for us to go to heaven. It, <laughs> it, it'll take one, one decision to make cause people to live like hellions, you know. Like just one, just get a divorce, you know, or... Something like just any that's that's one reason why we uh that's one reason why we speak the way we speak about marriage because I like you know that's like what I've shared with most of you um, married people in here ain't none of y'all ever been divorced except me and my wife here 
So we know what we know what avenue that they can take you down, you see. And so that's not something you want to do because you open up a whole can of worms. And so that's what we say when, we, when, when we're talking about things like that. One bad decision. And you'll you'll feel it, but you know you'll know I'm about this is I'm about to make a bad decision. But offense and pride won't let you not make that decision. Offense and pride, everybody understand. And you'll make that bad decision because you got a point to prove. That how dare you? Whatever the case was, and it it you'll live with the fruit of that bad decision for the rest of your life. You know, if the Lord don't bring you back around the way you're supposed to be, you see. And so that's what happens is people, all the time, they don't know how to deal with hurt. They don't want to go through anything. And what was supposed to be a year end up being 20 years. They're just one bad decision after another. You see, just one bad decision after another. And uh, so to me, you you recognize that and you don't, you uh, release that, you know, from your, you know, don't hold on to that. You know, she was, people, people, People get lost. They don't. You, you understand what I mean? Like they make that bad decision, and then they get away from that, and they they've lived a year on the other side of it, and then they lost after that. They just don't know. They know something ain't right, but they may not even remember what what bad decision they made, because they get so lost in trying to fix whatever bad decision they've made already. You know, like they 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 what people do, they go through that time of testing and all they know is they don't want to feel the way they feel and so they spend the rest of their life trying not to feel the way they feel so they get hurt in a marriage they divorce and then they get in other relationships trying to make the other relationships heal what it was they got a divorce about and so they and but the only problem is when you're hurt then if you don't heal you're going to continue the, the same pattern that you've been on you're going to continue the same pattern and that's what makes people they they just become damaged goods like you know they uh the more relationships they get in the more bitter they get and they don't even have a out, good outlook on love anymore you know so then they get to the point where it's just about me now okay if this is the way the world operate all men are out for this and then i can then women should be out for that and then that's the game that gets played but again that's self-destructive because when a man know you just want him to pay bills, then he gonna use you like that's what you want him for. You see what I mean? So it's like it it really just goes downhill from there, and and that's what people are, and so that's what you have to realize, you know, about people. See, see, see them as um, people. Just people don't know any better, you know. They may they might consciously make a bad decision knowing better, but after that they lost. They don't they get to the point where they don't. All they want is happiness. You know, and they'll go from relationship to relationship seeking that happiness. You see? But that that's why, you know, I I I say what I say. God didn't God didn't come to give you happiness like what you think. Your joy is supposed to be in him so that when you have to go through a test, you still got joy. No matter what you're going through in your marriage or whatever relationship you're in, you still got joy, see? So your joy is supposed to be in the Lord, not in your marriage and all of that other stuff. I mean, not saying we shouldn't be happy in our marriage, but the fact of the matter is that we're gonna, that you're going to go through some things. You see, you're going to go through some things and those God uses those things to sharpen you. 
But if you're not careful, you'll become bitter and you'll just want out of the situation. You'll make a bad decision and then after that, you just lost in making bad decisions the whole time. Everybody understand? So like, it's like, what happens if I, if I'm supposed to be here in, in uh, Whiteville, um, uh, but, and I'm in meeting, but I head to, to Nashville. But I'm still trying to go off the same directions that I would have had if I was in Whiteville. So I, I everybody understand? So if I know I'm supposed to go uh, west to get to Whiteville from meeting, but I end up in, in, let's say, Arkansas, and I'm still trying to go west, I'm going to keep going until I to get to California. I, but I'm still looking for Whiteville. And that's what people do. They're they looking for happiness, but they've already passed it. And they don't know. I got to go back. I got to go back to where I made that bad decision at. You see? And that's the way it is. You know. That's the way it is. So you, you just have to release that. You know. And uh, understand. She's only doing what. People. is on It's written on the inside of us to survive. And that's hard to do. The right way when we don't have God. Because he's the only one that can help us to survive. Other than that. We're on our own. And. We making bad mistakes trying to trying to live a life, trying to live a joyful life, but outside of the one that gives joy. You see, and so uh, that's what it all boils down to. People really need the Lord, you know, and it'll take the Lord to show her what she made her mistake at, and, and and to humble to be able to go back and say, you know what, I was wrong. I've seen people they get divorced twenty years ago and and still ain't settled, still ain't still not settled. And ain't interested in if they are with somebody, they ain't interested in being with them. Everybody understand? Hey, I'm a man. I, 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 I've known, you know, when women, they heart somewhere else 20 years ago. No, you don't want to be with me, and I'm going to do you a favor. And me too. Everybody understand? You, you, somebody else still have your heart. You need to go sit down somewhere. Everybody understand? <laughs> Ask the Lord to either heal you or restore whatever it was you come out of. <laughs> Well, don't don't use me for your for your band aid, and that's what that's what women. But I I love you. They'll sing to you and all that, trying to convince you that they they love you. Well, okay, yeah. When you got get done with all that, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> get healed, cause you're not fooling me. Everybody understand? Yeah, man ain't crazy. He know your heart somewhere else, and that's what happens. And they really be trying to convince themselves. We're going to go picnicking. We're going to do all this stuff. I'm proof to you. We in love. But you know, that's what all that romantic stuff come in at. I'm, I'm really, you know, my wife and I, we happy sitting on the sofa together. We ain't, we ain't got to go slide down slides and get on merry-go-rounds to prove that we happy. But that's where all that come from. You done left something somewhere. And now you got a point to prove. You see, you 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 ain't got to over love is love. You ain't got to overextend it. It don't need a a, a seesaw with it. See. No, it don't need a seesaw. No, it wouldn't be wrong. 
But you know, that's the danger of offense. Is you can be years down the road and think you were right. Somewhere, your mama got offended at your dad. And uh, that's what offense does. So you can be years down the road and still living off of that old gas. Everybody understand? Years down the road and still living off of that something, you know. And not living good. Just offense is, is not a good thing. It's, it's, there's no such thing as a happy, offended person. It, that you just you that there's no way, no way in the world, no way in the, not and we're not even talking about godly happiness, just happy, worldly happiness. There's the you can't be offended and happy at the same time. You can't walk in offense and be happy. You want everybody understand. You might try to do things to try to make yourself happy, but it ain't it ain't gonna work. You, everybody understand when you leave the park. You still, you, you know, you're happy while you're there in your mind, but when you leave, now nah, I'm back to depressed. That's what this world is built on. Everybody do understand that. You think about what people say, TGIF, what? What does that mean? Why are they thanking God that it's Friday? I thank God it's Monday. Everybody, I, well, I thank God that I'm alive on whatever day of the week it is. But we thank God it's Friday because we get to go. We get to go make happy moments. I'm depressed Monday through Friday, but Friday at five o'clock. That's everybody understand. It's my time. I'm gonna be out here taking selfies and everything, trying to prove to you I'm happy. And then it's back to the grind on Monday. That's 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 an unhappy individual, because a happy person is happy happy seven days out of the week. On your job, you happy. You see, you glad you have a job. Amen. All of that. You happy all the time. But yeah, it, it is impossible to be offended and happy. And a person that's living in offense, as long as they're living in offense, they're never happy. It's, it, that's, it, it, is, it is impossible. You see. I feel bad for people that way because, to me, they miss out on so much. They they miss out on a lot, you know. When you see, you know, I've, I've seen that in children. Not necessarily any of these children, but I just mean in children in general. You know, they something happened out there on the playground or out in the yard, and they get mad, and then they come inside, and they want to just sit and stew. But in the meantime, children outside playing, having fun. They not the world ain't gonna stop because you done got mad about something. No, you make Junior get on right on back. You get right on back outside and play. This world ain't gonna stop because you mad about something and you slipped and fell. Everybody understand? You you have to break that in them when they little. They gonna sit there and stew, like you know, the king of pop died and the world kept spinning. Oh. You know. Michael Jackson, you thought the world would have stopped. Him and Prince. When when they died, it's like, well, okay, so the Lord must be coming back soon. <laughs> no, the world kept spinning. You see, so <laughs> when them two died and the Lord didn't come back and the world kept spinning, that means these children need to be outside playing. They don't need to be sitting and stewing, you know. <laughs> it's like, 
You can't will it to stop. Well, yeah, it starts when they little. I've seen little children like that. You know, they mad and fold. That's why I don't like children folding their arms and poking their lip out and stuff. That's uh, it, 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 some of you, and I will say that some of you in this room, you got children. It take them a while to get over something. Now, where did they get that from? They gonna cry and cry and cry because they just can't get over it. You see, no, you you, you don't want. You think about it. Maybe you need to have a sit down and say, "No, you don't want to be like me." This ain't fun. <laughs> Don't be like me. That was, or the old me or whatever the case was. Everybody understand. <laughs> Don't let them. Don't try to put that off on them like you just like me. I know you my child now. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't let them hold on to that, cause they don't, you know, they they pick that stuff up and they don't they don't they won't know where they got that from. Yeah, teach children get over stuff, real quick. That's the reason why when I, you know, uh, when I see little children fall and they want to cry, I'll be like, okay, yeah, that's good. You get on back up. You know, I'm not gonna let you sit there and just lay in it. You know, it don't make no sense for that. Get right on, get right on back up. I'm act like I didn't see you if you want an audience. Let me see. I'm act like I didn't even see you. <laughs> All right. Anyone else want to share with the guy in the message? gonna share um one thing real quick about how um the emphasis that was put on Naaman, you know, like because of his past interaction with people and the leprosy being so evident and people looking down on him, how his view was distorted when he showed up um to get healed, just automatically assuming that um he was still being rejected or, you know, whatever. And I it made me think about like many, many years ago, um, and it's happened on different occasions, but I imagine just listening to the, you know, just listening to the discussion also that I walked in a room, you know, like in, in the workplace and people were sitting there and in, in my mind, a few people looked and laughed and snickered and said something. And I thought like, oh, so I didn't get over that assuming that it was something negative towards me and looked at how I took that throughout my entire life, you know. And, of course, you know, I was still dealing, that, dealing with that when we got married because I would walk in the room and <laughs> whatever look was on his face, I would just assume that it was something negative towards me, you know. And it just kind of made me connect like how you can carry that offense and how it's not targeted it's targeted toward anybody that was another thing that stood out to that in how it played out in my life because you had nothing to do with what the people in that room years before i ever even knew you done um and then the offense of course distorts your view because you can you're gonna when you're offended you're gonna automatically assume something negative you're not even gonna give people the benefit of the doubt and then of course you know in all of that the focus is always going to be on yourself you know and so it kind of made me see a more detailed view of how that played out in my life. And um, the only way I was able to get past that was not putting emphasis on self, you know. 
because I dealt with that very, very badly. And I don't think I ever really sat down and thought about where it all started out. Started at until, you know, like the message and us, you know, just kind of discussing it. But I just wanted to share that. With Anyone else want to share? because I just looked at it a couple days ago called on um, favor and faithfulness I think it was in December last year yeah and um it was things said in that message that that really blessed me and I remember afterwards you know I shared a little bit how the Lord you know revealed to me how much I was a, a waster with money a horrible steward you know and um and I received that, and I, you know, I actually, you know, I confessed those things, and I asked the Lord to forgive me, you know, and I, and I repented of that. And, um, you know, just to give you an example, I was so wasteful. I, I used to be the type of person that would, I would just buy some body wash that, I, you know, smelled good to me at the moment. Use it one time and like, ah, this, this ain't all that. Let me get another one. Let me get another one. Just wasteful. Just silly things, silly things and all. That message, you know, I, I can say, glory to God, it carried over into 2019. You know, um, because I was working where I recently, you know, got fired from back in September. You know, I was getting a steady, you know, paycheck, 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 you know, just always, you know, Coming through, coming through <laughs> financially, paying my bills on time, you know, even sometimes ahead of time, you know, and when I had the chance, I would double up. And some of these bills are, are things that I got in because of my foolishness and lack of faith, being disobedient. But I, you know, I owned up to that. You know, I said, okay, I got myself in that. But even with that, you know, I was, I was faithful, you know, and, um, there was a time where I was one of the best at, and I heard it recently, you know, I would rob Peter to pay Paul like it was no problem. You know, I, re I really felt comfortable doing that. And I was like that, you know, in the world, <laughs> you know, uh, when I was just, um, you know, living outside of Christ, you know. But um, I guess long story short, you know, I was faithful, you know, paying the bills on time, remembering the things, you know, that was said in that message, and um. I don't know if you remember it. and not only that message, but I heard Brother Bolden say many times, or, or several times, you know, when it comes to uh, paying what you owe, even if you come to a situation in life where you might not have the full payment, you know, don't hide, seek these people, and give them what you do have, 
you know, even if it's just, you know, 25% of what you owe, you know, but walk in integrity, you know, and, um, and also outside of the favor and faithfulness message, I also, um, recently I was led to go back and look at a good name, and in that message, you know, Brother Bolden mentioned, you know, especially as us being children of the Lord, the world is constantly observing us, you know, and, um, we have to really represent Christ, not only, you know, walking in spiritual, you know, integrity, but godly integrity, you know, and, um, you know, just keeping those things in mind, I guess I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Y'all know that I got, you know, fired from the job in, um, September, and, you know, just naturally, you know, that, uh, kind of put me behind in a natural sense, but... One of the first things I did when that happened, I called everybody I owed and let them know what happened. You know, and um, and I stayed faithful in paying what I could pay. Some of them I could pay, you know, the full amount, and some of them I was only able to give a fraction. But I just kept in mind, you know, everything that I, you know, learned and was what was poured into me in that message, you know, from um, from last year. And I must say, and 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 to. To some people, that might not mean nothing, you know. You're supposed to contact people if you, you know, if you're walking in integrity and let them know what's going on, any changes, any adjustments that need to be made. But when I look at myself, I like, I wasn't always like that. So that, that, that shows me, like, the power of the word. I can tell you today I'm a truly transformed individual. My mind is renewed, you know, and, and, and I really... I feel more balanced than ever before in life, you know, because I used to be the person that would walk around, oh, I'm, I'm walking, I'm living with, you know, for the Lord, you know, I'm his child, I, you know, I can do what I want to do, basically, in, in the natural and still get blessed, you know, regardless of godly integrity, you know, it's just, just a foolish mindset, you know, and um, just to share a little bit, you know, the people that I've been, you know, contacting when that, that change come, because I went from working, you know, 40 plus hours a week to, and I don't know if everybody remember, but for a short while I went to Black and Decker. And um, while I was there, y'all, I was working, coming in there one morning, and the supervisor, he said, uh, I think we're going to have to start working on Saturdays. And y'all know how, you know, I'm not, you know, want to do that. You know, I know what we do on Saturdays. And it would have been around that same time and even past that. So, you know, I didn't didn't panic, didn't stress nothing. I just started praying about it. I'm like, Lord, you tell me, you know. I really started believing. I'm like, Lord, you know exactly what needs to be done. Long story short, after that, like an hour and a half later, you know, I went on break. And I looked at my phone. And it was a job that I applied for, you know, like maybe a month before I started working at Black and Decker. You know, and I thought like, you know, well, maybe, you know, that's not meant to be. But it's funny how that same morning, you know, I got a, I got a, the person text me, emailed me, and left me a voicemail saying that, all right, we have you an um, interview set up, you know, for the job you applied for. So to me, it's like, Really significant how that happened on the same morning that I heard, like, we're going to have to start working on Saturdays, you know, after not hearing from them for a month. 
So of course, you know, I accepted the the interview, and um, and here comes the integrity again. I don't know about anybody else, but I would be the type of person because the the job that I'm working now, the application and the background check was very extensive. So it would have been times where I had to like, just, you know, um, on different days, I had to go ahead and go there and get this blood tests and fingerprints and this and that. So I knew it would have required a lot of time outside of the job. So I made, you know, I prayed about it and I was like, you know, I want to walk in integrity. But I, I used to be the type of person I would just throw them a lie. You know, like, hey, I need to leave because of this and I need to leave because of that. But I was like, nah, I'm a, you know, I'm going to just let it, you know, be known, you know, um, that I have, you know, this opportunity for this job that I applied for. And, uh, you know, they understood that. But I just wanted to communicate that and be honest with them, so I went from there to working these day labor jobs, which is not nothing new to me, you know, and um, so I, I went from working 40 plus hours to sometime I might work 16 hours a week, but with all of that, you know, the law was still, you know, providing, you know, and, and for me, you know, I never was the type of person that would just really depend on the law like that. You know, I was always the type of person I would move as quick as I can. Let me put my hands on this and let me put let me get this to work and let me try to kick open this door and get this and that to happen. But um you know, that's not not what I did, you know, and I, I can truly say I seen how the Lord has been providing. You know, no regardless of how many hours I work a week, if you just trust him and apply that word, you see that the word is is truly what it is, it, it truly does work, you know, in applying everything that, that was taught. You know, I'm just, you know, like I heard it said tonight, God, he's just constantly proving himself if you obey his word. You see the fruit of the obedience, you know, and um, don't forgive me, uh, I, I hope I'm not leaving anything out, because there's so many things I feel like the Lord been revealing to me lately, you know, and um, I guess going back to the, um, the people that I owe money and I've been communicating with and paying as much as I could and keeping up with that. One of the things that they said, and this is why I reflect on, you know, going back to those messages like a good name and walking in integrity. I didn't know last year in December that I would be unemployed for as long as I have, you know, like this year, you know, for about a month and a half, going on two months or whatever. But one of the things I heard every person that I, you know, communicated with is like, Mr. Drayton, that's no problem, because we see in your history, you always paid. You know, you always, you know, um, communicated and, and, and kept your side of, of making these payments and, you know, especially before I got, you know, fired from the job. And for me, that stuck out that they would, you know, and, to, and talking to them, y'all, it's like, <coughs> I feel like it was so much empathy and grace it was almost like it was their bill it's like people that i never even seen face to face is like what i what i would call and consider grace it was like to me i would say super extended <laughs> you know and um i just want to say now you know with the, the new job working at this um youth development center in somerville one of the first things the um, people that I had a phone interview with, they asked me, it's like, oh, but do you have problems? 
well, would you have a problem being around troubled youth? And I was like, no, ma'am. And, you know, the way I look at any workplace now, and I didn't come here like this, you know, but I thank God for all these teachings that we get and dying to self and putting God's purpose above your own will. You know, one of the first things I look at is like, man, however the Lord may want to speak through me or do whatever he wants to do, you know, let him get the glory out here on this job. It's like a lot of troubled youth, but those are souls that can be, you know, saved and things like that, just looking at it like that. But, um, and I also got to add this, y'all. I, I don't have all the knowledge about giving God thanks, but there is so much power in thanking the Lord. Constantly thanking the Lord. I don't care if you're working 40 hours a week, two hours a week, not at all, no money in the bank. Thank the Lord. Thank Him constantly. Thank Him for everything. Don't just look at what you don't have. Lord, I thank you for what I do have. I can walk. Two hands, ten fingers. Get ridiculous with it. Thank him for everything. Thank him for everything, y'all. Not that y'all don't know that, but I'm, I'm just saying I see so much power in that. Thank him always. And, um... I just know, I really believe that the Lord did that and allowed me to go through what I went through because he knew how stubborn I was in the past in the area of finances. You know, and I take ownership of the foolishness that I did. I, I got myself in all types of trouble, and I, and I see why. But that word, going back to the word that was preached last year, favor and faithfulness, I, I just love how the Lord shows you through his word where you are, what needs to change, what you need to do. And I'm happy to say that I see what will happen if you uh, receive it and don't reject it. His word can't fail. I know I'm not the same, y'all. And I'm not just doing it. I can tell I'm not just doing it to be blessed. It's something deep down inside of me that changed. I'm not the same. I'm not the same. And I owe all of that to the power of the word. I can't stop talking about the power of the word. It's one thing when you hear about it, and we when we receive it and we hear it, but when you see it manifest from the spiritual realm, the right here, mm -hmm. it did something for me, y'all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I love God regardless, because He He never changes. I'm not gonna just thank Him when everything is going good and everything is smooth. I thank Him when it's not smooth. I thank Him when I can't see what's coming next. Mm -hmm. But it blessed me to be able to see the power in that. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to say, now even at this job, which I'm very thankful for, and I'm thankful for any job. You know, I was even thanking the Lord out there at the, you know, I, I almost left this out, y'all. I got I to gotta go ahead. The job at Black & Decker, it was the same type of work that I found myself doing on a job in 2016. And back then, I was complaining and murmuring. It was very uh, physically straining. <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I was so bad, y'all. I'm going to tell y'all this. I was on the job 2016. I was so fed up and so into myself, so prideful, thinking, I don't have to do this stuff. Man. I'm a child of the law. I, I stood up. I'm like, hey, I stood up one day doing the work in there. I actually paused 
on the floor, looked around, and walked out. <laughs> then called the people when I left, and hey, I'm done. <laughs> that type of stuff. <laughs> so, I actually did that. That, that was crazy, y'all. <laughs> that was the That's how I was. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do what I want to do and still be blessed. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. Well, I went, hey, the Lord whipped me. <laughs> I said that not too long ago, y'all. <laughs> all of that was all tied together. Just a number of things, man. It was not that the truth wasn't being preached. I was the one with the hard head. I was the one willfully disobeying the word. But Going back to the Black and Decker a few months ago, y'all, that was the same type of job that I walked out on, but the transformation in me, I was on that job working joyfully, cheerfully, thanking the Lord, not complaining. So it ended when it ended. And when I got that phone call, you know, for the job that I'm working now, you know, um, it, it was just a blessing to me, and I just want to share... You know, the job I'm working now, of course, I, I, I want whatever God's will is to be, you know, fulfilled. Whether I'm here or there, you know, and all. And I just want to say the things that came with the job. And I would be thankful even without this, but I just want to add this. I guess I, I just want to give God all of his props. And I just see, I say, hey, Lord, this, this, you know, I, I'll take that. I'll receive it. Um, 20 minutes. Closer than I was in the other job. Uh, it started off with a couple more dollars per hour. And they also give me free lunch every day. So it's like I understand even if I was making $2 less than I was working at when I was at Network Products, the job I got fired from, if you trust in the Lord, he's still going to provide. But I was like, he saw, he saw fit for whatever reason to give me some extra money. And I'm not mad at that. I say, thank you, God. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> and I'll eat this free lunch they want to give me. <laughs> you know, I say, oh, that. That's <laughs> hey, but, hey, you know, but I, I, I just wanted to take time and share that and, and give God the glory. Mm -hmm. like, once again, it's just... Everybody understand that. that you're doing things God's way, and the blessing that comes with that, and you know, giving up our own way and was not comfortable, uh, was not comfortable to our flesh. You know, when we we give up flesh and what what we're comfortable with, then God can bless us. You see, above and beyond. I like what He said too that He's changed. That he knows that God changed him. Everybody understand? Like it's not a struggle. And you know when you change, when your outlook on things are different. Everybody understand? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I'm blessed by that testimony. And that's, that's for us. Everybody see? You see those that favor there, that free lunch every day? Yeah. Ha, 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 ha,
You know, it's 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 about our attitudes. You know, it's not enough to be obedient, but our attitude in that obedience. That's where the faith will come in at, you see. So I was really blessed by that by that testimony. It's good to 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 know that God's word is not falling on deaf ears. Like that is actually people that's gonna try to live what's being preached and then can testify the results of that. You see that? And that's what a testimony is. You see. I can I can see the, the results. How many of you ever just lollygag, you know, with a test? You knew you had a test coming up and you just didn't study and was hoping that you do okay. How many of you studied for a test and knew I'm gonna ace this test and you could see you could tell a difference when you started looking at the test. You could tell, oh, I know that answer. I know that answer. I know. You see, you it's a it it encourages you to keep your study habits when you know. Okay, studying really does work. It it really does work. You see, and that's the way it is when you obey God's word. Obedience works. It, everybody understand this. This word ain't for nothing. It ain't. It ain't for nothing. It, it's to change our lives. And to make our experiences better, you see. <coughs> All right, so let's close now with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, the words that you spoke to us today, Lord. We thank you for the testimonies, for everyone that's here. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to come together and to, to be exhorted, Lord, to be lifted up, Lord, into a higher place with you. Lord, to just be able to go over your word and to be able to know what your will is, Lord, and to be able to live your perfect will. God, I pray that your word will change the lives of the people that's here tonight. The things that were said, Lord. The testimonies that were shared. Lord, I pray that it didn't fall on deaf ears. I ask, Lord, that you will allow us not to let these things slip. Help us, Lord, to count these things as precious, Lord, so that we can take these things home and live these things in our own lives, Lord. We know that you're real. We know that your word is true. Help us, Lord, to live true to that word. Help us, Lord, to be a testimony. Help us, Lord, to be in a place where we could be used by you, Lord, to provoke the world to jealousy. Help us, Lord, to get in a place where it's a joy to live for you and not a burden so that we can be a blessing to others. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.